Hey, Graphic Audio fans. This is Dwayne Beeman here with this week's Pick of the Week. My pick this week is the first book of our new contemporary Western series. John Land's Caitlin Strong, number one, Strong Enough to Die. In the first book of this series, we meet Caitlin Strong, who is a fifth-generation Texas Ranger. As the book starts, Caitlin and her partner are pinned down by gunfire in what they assume is drug trafficking along the Texas-Mexico border. Although Caitlin does her best to get her partner to safety, he does not survive. Racked by guilt, she leaves the Rangers to become a trauma crisis intervention counselor. While working at the center, Caitlin gets the shock of her life when her first patient is her husband, Peter Goodwin, who she thought died nine months earlier in Iraq. Peter is suffering from PTSD and amnesia from the after effects of torture. Wanting to find out what happened to her husband, Caitlin is accepted back into the Rangers by her mentor. Caitlin's investigation leads her to a plot formed by a CEO of a major U.S. intelligence contractor whose deadly scheme is to take national surveillance to a frightening level and who won't hesitate to eliminate anyone who stands in his way. Caitlin finds help from a dangerous convict named Court Wesley Masters, who just so happens to be looking for Caitlin to kill her for believing she framed him back in the day. Will Caitlin and Court stop this evil plan from happening? And can Caitlin even trust Court from shooting her in the back? You're gonna have to get the book to find out. Out of all the works he has written over the years, author John Land calls the creation of Caitlin Strong his greatest and most complex hero ever. In the first book of the series, Land does a great job creating a story showing Caitlin's path to redemption from a past that she is not too proud of. Director Colleen Delaney does a wonderful job in taking this story and creating an entertaining listening experience with the help of newcomer sound designer Tommy Serioglu. The Graphic Audio Bullpen brings us great performances led by Karen Novak as Caitlin Strong and supported by Robbie Gay, Karen McNary, Bruce Allen Rauscher, Terrence Asafor, and Gregory Lennington, among others. I believe that this is some of the best work we have done to date, and I think you'll believe the same. So don't delay. Go grab Caitlin Strong number one today. Let's listen to a clip of Graphic Audio's production of John Land's Caitlin Strong number one, Strong Enough to Die. You're telling me your suspicions have been confirmed. We won't be getting anything more out of his head, if that's what you mean, sir. You understand what you're saying here? You understand how vital the contents of his brain are to the future of this company and this country? That's why I'm telling you personally, sir. But that same brain holds the seeds of our potential undoing, doesn't it? It could, yes. Clearly an unacceptable risk. You understand? I do, sir. Inform me when it's done, then. I will. And Clayton? Sir? Erase his entire presence, as if he never existed. Who, sir? <laughs> exactly. East San Antonio, the present. Court Wesley answered the throwaway cell phone he had bought in Walgreens. Bad news, amigo. There's a price on your head. Juarez boys or Mexican Mafia? Take your pick. People are busting in to punch your ticket. Word is gun stores from here to El Paso are selling out of bullets. I guess I got my work cut out for me. Court Wesley's response to learning a bounty had been put out on him was to park Asuna's old Ford in the middle of East San Antonio's gang haven and look for a bar. He found a bar on the east side in Windsor Oaks, home to endless rows of dilapidated townhouses, 
where the gangs ran smack and recruited new bangers out of the hopelessness. The bar was furnished with a jukebox and a half dozen customers who kept their eyes tipped downward over their warming brews or empty shot glasses. The scent of stale beer rose from the rotting floorboards. Court Wesley fed eight quarters into the pool table slot and slammed it back in. He racked the balls, chose a cue, and began to play. The door to the bar opened and five bangers came in at once, fanning out through the smoke wafting in the air. Weapons not out yet, sneering and grinning and letting him know their purpose. Probably waiting for him to go for his gun, make the first move. Court Wesley reached down into the ball return and his hand came out with the Smith & Wesson 9mm. He hit the first two bangers in his sight with relative ease. Then he dove to the floor and rolled to avoid the wild spray of bullets fired by the others. He lowered his aim, felling another with shots to the leg and gut, while a fourth man ran for the door, and the fifth dove behind the bar. Court Wesley knew the fourth had made it out when a narrow plume of sunlight poured into the room and turned his attention to the fifth. He approached the bar with gun leading the way, ready in case the final banger popped up firing with the pistols he had glimpsed in both the kid's hands. Court Wesley sighted on the mirror, which gave him the opening he needed to lunge over the bar and aim his smith at a terrified kid who'd already shed his pistols. Gazing up at Court Wesley in terror, pleading with his eyes. You tell your friends what happened, you hear? Uh-huh. You tell them there's a lot more where that came from if they want to come looking for me. Court Wesley backed away from the bar, eyes cheating for the door in case the final banger was lying in wait for him. Court Wesley continued on, stepping over the first two he'd shot. He slid through the door sideways, gun raised in case one of those perched at the bar had been a scout. But their eyes remained uniformly fixed away from him. He stepped into the hot sun, the final banger nowhere to be seen and long gone by now. Court Wesley snatched his phone to his ear and recognized one of Pablo Asuna's numbers from the caller ID. Yeah? Busy? Not anymore. That's good, amigo, because I found your Texas Ranger for you. Survivor Center. The present. Clayton sat in the second seat of the expedition, checking off the names on the list before him. Seven patients inside, in addition to Peter Goodwin. A night janitor and a charge nurse. No other center personnel would be present this late, the building buttoned up for the night. A six-man team accompanying him might have seemed like overkill, but Clayton preferred it for the precision and speed it allowed. In and out in under five minutes. Nobody left alive inside when they were done. Just a simple night's work. Caitlin sat by her husband's bedside. Peter's sleep cycles were a random mess when he slept at all. His torturers had clearly used sleep deprivation, among just about every other terrible technique, and the result was to throw his body clock permanently off kilter. Peter existed. He didn't live and the treatment aimed at bringing him back into the world was about changing that by restoring first his understanding and then his quality of life. But Caitlin hadn't returned to the center at midnight to continue that process. She'd come back late because the cloud of shock had cleared enough to make her think like a Texas Ranger again, disable the camera in his room, and no one would ever know what she raised with Peter tonight— she could work unencumbered by fear that Rita Navarro or someone else might eavesdrop on their session 
and question why her words sounded more like interrogation than treatment. She'd reviewed all the documents that had accompanied Peter to the center a dozen times now. He'd been found in Bahrain, where Caitlin assumed the torture that had so damaged his mind and body had occurred. Court Wesley passed the Survivor Center for the sixth time on foot. The tale Pablo Asuna had put on Caitlin Strong had followed her here, called Pablo to report once she'd entered the building. Court Wesley was about to head inside the building when the doors to a black expedition opened, forcing him to continue on down the street. It's time. If you enjoyed the clip of Caitlin Strong number one, Strong Enough to Die, you can purchase the title right here on our website, www.graphicaudio.net. The book is available in all download formats, MP3, M4B, and FLAC. You can also purchase it in audio CD format, and you can listen to your downloads anytime, anywhere, with our free Graphic Audio Access app, available for Apple and Android devices. Be back soon as I'll have another pick of the week for you. Until then, 